This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming, but New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance, run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hello and welcome to Go, my favorite sports team. I did the intro last time because I just oh, remembered I was I like, the, no, I'm doing it too late. This is the number one sports podcast in America and the world and the universe beyond. Everyone who was listening to this is a now the most elegant person in their entire friend group. And they can brag about that loud and proud to everyone that they know. My name is Mark. I am here joined by Tyler, who has a master's degree in sport administration. Yes, I do. I do. I earned that back in the 2010s era of life, mm-hmm. which was, wow, that's it's almost been a decade since I got my <laughs> master's degree. That's how time works. It flies always and forever and for true. But hey, if it makes you feel any better, only a few years ago, some of our friends just got their doctorate. That's true. So they've been in school like that was only a couple years ago. So you should feel grateful, you son of a bitch. You're right. I didn't have to do a dissertation or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I got to take a test and be like, I know what I'm talking about. Exactly. You didn't have to prove it in front of a council of professors who judged you for all of your worth. Do you want to know what my actual like end of year like thesis report? It wasn't really a thesis. It was a test, but I had to write essays on it. Sure. It was about uh, pay for play in college athletics. Oh. Oh, we talked about that in a previous episode. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. If you want to hear that, you have to go into the archives of Go My Favorite Sports Team on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, if you're listening to this, I guess you would already know that, maybe, unless you're a new listener, unless welcome. Thank you so much for being here, uh, and welcome to the journey, so long as the temporal flows of time stay stable enough for you to hear it. And really, we only talked about part of that. It was the nil deal, but that's a the whole... nil deal. Everything I... you think is simple is always more complicated than you imagine when yes. you actually get into the nitty-gritty of yes, everything every, going on. everything is that same way. It always is. Yep. Hence the peak of Mount Stupid and then the valley of despair that comes shortly afterwards. Exactly. In the journey of knowledge that we all walk upon. Well, that got depressing. Yes, as it always does in life. Ha, 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 ha. Let's hear about skateboarding, the escape from the drudgery of life, the 90s poster child of cool, maybe the 80s, the early oddies still. I feel like the 90s was like the heyday, right? Am I getting ahead of myself? It depends on how you define the heyday. Tony but Hawk. Tony Hawk, yes. The 90s is what really made it become, and it wasn't, it was not the early 90s, it was the late yeah. 90s. Yeah, baggy pants, Vans, shoes, or not Skechers, what am I thinking? Uh, Vans. Vans or what was the other one? What is it? Help, help, help. What is the other one? The not Vans. The, uh, 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 buh. I can only think of Vans. So no, they're not Vans. It's not Vans. It's, uh, 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 oh. skateboardies. <laughs> no. What is the shoe? Uh, 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 what is it? What is it? I mean, Converse? Converse, yes. Thank you. That is the other one. That's that's what I associate with skate shoes is like Converse and that whole like style of wear like in the early 2000s, late 90s, you know, kind of like our school time. What? It was. I mean, yeah. It was. What, what, it was. No, no, I'm not arguing. I'm who, thinking who, about because when I think of Converse, I think of the Sandlot. Yeah. 
And The Sandlot is a, a kid's baseball movie about they play, and the dude puts on fresh new Converse's, and he can run faster and jump higher and everything well, along Well, that's those. absolute horseshit. Those are the most uncomfortable shoes ever invented by man. Like, I don't know any... I Like, I've put on many Converse. It's always like if I'm playing a role in a show or I'm, like, filming, like, a TV show or, or like, I'm playing a part in a movie, they always dress me in Converse. Every single one. Chuck Taylor's. Just, like, the most... Un- when I was filming Edge of Sleep, literally, I had Chuck Taylor's that I had to put on. They're the flattest no cushioning horrible the bottom of it is so (laughs) stiff but i think that's because it's meant for skateboarding right it's like meant to be firm on the bottom so that you can grip the entirety of the skateboard with a flat surface right yeah that's how skateboarding shoes are designed yeah and i'm pretty sure and then yeah the emo crowd the punk crowd they're always doing converse and vans and like those types of things and people say they look good but they destroy the arch of your foot (laughs) Like, it's just so painful. There goes our Converse sponsorship. I don't care. I I don't care. I never wear Converse, except when I'm on a show and I'm dressed in Converse. Why Converse every time? I hate Converse. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I feel like this became a jacuzzi against Converse instead of it me. It is, it is, it is. I'm so glad that we've exited the era of that where that was always a fashion statement, but there's still hipsters to this day that yeah. embrace that nonstop. They can't live without it. And they're like, oh, you just got to break them in for a few years first. It's like, I don't want to live a few years in agony of my feet <laughs> feeling like they're going to explode before my shoes feel comfortable just so I can look cool. I know that beauty is pain. And one of these days I am going to do a live stream where I try to actually learn fashion with everyone's help. But but it's not today. <laughs> Wait, I've wanted to learn fashion too. <laughs> well, then let's do it together, I guess. We'll do a sports episode about sports fashion. Not a bad idea. You know, actually, that might work because outside of the playing field, you do see like many players like embrace high fashion. You see some people at like those shows of the fashion show of the the thing, the thing that the some YouTubers go to, and it's in LA. I believe I think it's a big deal for fashion when they go there. They have to wear the craziest things, and in their hair. Oh, what are you talking about? The Met Gala? Yes, yes. I am. Yeah. I was like, what? The Met Gala. The Met <laughs> when you Gala. said YouTube, I was like, what are you talking I know, I about? I said some YouTubers go oh. to it sometimes. You didn't catch that in the song I was singing? Yeah, Met Gala. So, like, you do see some, like, sports people there, and you do see some sports people wearing, like, some probably fashionable things I wouldn't know. And then you probably see some sports people wearing some atrocious, like, uh, enemies of fashion kind of things, you know? And just so you know, Converse's were created for basketball first. Well, I'm an idiot. <laughs> this goes wild. I don't Vans have a was very degree. much marketed to to skateboarding. Converse entered that field. Oh, there are a few God. other different skater shoes that came about as oh, well. Oh no! Anyway, I'm so dumb. All right, you're not dumb. That it's a sport related topic. That's it's, what it, it yeah. felt like just from my observation. But I, clearly, I was wrong. Okay. I mean, it's designed in a very similar way to where skateboarding shoes eventually got designed, and their purpose and reasoning for that is very similar. When you want to grip the court versus gripping a skateboard. Generally, the grooves in the shoe are a little bit different, though. Okay. Converse usually had, like, the checkered bottom where it was, like, a hole, and then it was, like, crisscross. And then if you look at Vans, they have, like, curvy lines on the bottom that are... Anyway, continue. Uh. You were going to jacuse me instead of Converse. Uh, Yeah, I forgot. (laughs) I was supposed to be looking up this whole time, but I think I skated over it. Yeah. Okay. Did something bad happen? Are you okay? <laughs> I, I, you didn't notice my pun, but it's fine. I doesn't hurt at all. It's okay. I was reading you, chat. You skated past my pun. Ah! There we go. Okay. All right. Okay. Anyway, so let's. Okay. Uh, I don't have many jacuzzis because I've already made myself look like an idiot. So unless there's a jacuzzi in chat right here, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do that. I mean, people are roasting me for hating on covers. <laughs> Yeah, there's crickets in chat. That's what I'm seeing right now. Mm, it's fair, it's fair, it's fair, it's fair. Which I don't know how a cricket is typing on a keyboard, but that's a whole other conversation. Wow, that, that was the worst joke than I made. So You're welcome. Uh, thank you. You recovered me. Okay, so skating, skating, half pipes, skate parks, crime, criminals, drugs. It's a gateway to a gang life. Dare to be drug free. Don't skate. Okay. There's some association there. Anyway, I'll stop talking and let the experts. Did you ever skateboard? Uh, I mean, I uh, I have been on a skateboard like once when, or twice. In like high school. Did you get into that that era of like, no. I want to be able to learn tricks? Maybe I thought about it in passing, but no. You know what I did with a skateboard growing up? Break it? No. We created a harness for my first dog, Matilda. 
and we had a rope and she had like a foam, like actual like harness and we would lay on the skateboard mm-hmm. and one of me or my brother would run in front of Matilda and she would chase us because she's like, no, come back. And we'd street luge laying on our back on a skateboard. That's pretty cute. That's what we did. Ethan and I tried to do that with uh, Chica and Spencer, but with sleds in the grass and they couldn't pull us at all. <laughs> so that's how that worked out for us. I wonder if it'd be different in the snow. Oh, yeah. Uh, be the, like, the, mush! <laughs> the friction was intense, but also Chica didn't want to pull, which is weird because whenever she's on a walk, she wants to tug nonstop. Yeah. But, you know, it's that's all right. Maybe you have to confuse her and make her think she's on a walk. Yeah, something like that. I would have to be out in the middle of the street, but then I think I might get in trouble. Either way, not, not the point here. Skateboarding. This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. You know, all those subscription websites, they just hide those charges from you. They're hidden and repetitive and you forget about them. Oh, I know exactly which websites you're talking about. The ones that you like to go to. You do? I've literally spent so long digging through my finances. Rocket Money can help cancel your subscriptions. You're saying Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow grow your savings? Absolutely, yes. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses? Uh-huh, yeah. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for me? Up to 20%? Maybe. But for our listeners, definitely yes. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash sportsteam. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-A-M. That's rocketmoney.com sports team okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Skateboarding first came about in the 1960s. 1960s. Okay, so relatively recently. Yeah. Um, it became an alternative, and it was created in California. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, as an alternative to surfing when the waves weren't coming in. Oh. There weren't strong waves, so they, they couldn't surf, oh. and so they got bored, and they were like, what if we put wheels on a board? I thought it would have been a natural evolution from like skates, like not rollerblades, but like those two by two, four wheel inline skates. Which is what they used to create the skateboard, but actually the original idea came from surfing because it's a similar thing. And it was one of those things, even in the conversation where I was looking at different stuff for snowboarding, which is another thing I'm working on in the future, uh-huh. it talks about how people were surfing sidewalks. That was like the phrase that they did. Which is fascinating because now in today's Today's age, if you've ever ridden a one wheel, I haven't. Tyler, I don't imagine you have. A one wheel is a device where it's like a single wheel, big battery, and a motor, and basically you ride it kind of like a skateboard. But when I talked to Ren at Corridor, he said it was much more like a surfboard than a skateboard yeah. or a snowboard specifically because of the way you carve your lines in the street. You you do kind of slalom it, which is similar more to a, a snowboard or probably surfing, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. But it did require like that same balance and the poise was kind of mm-hmm. like surfboard-esque. So in all honesty, the people that originally made a skateboard might be interested in one wheels because it is kind of like an evolution of the same thing that they wanted. Yeah. And correction, I said 1960s. That's when it became popular. It was actually created in 1950. Well, we can't trust a th- thing you say I, I misspoke. I misspoke. Hey. Oh, he misthought and he misrepresented the will of the people. Okay, whatever. When was it invented? In the 1950s in California. Okay, um, so not that much. And you're right. The first skateboards were made from the wheels of roller skates mm. attached to a board. Okay. And this is these were clay wheels back in that time. Yeah. But when you think of a skateboard, what do you picture? Because there's different types of skateboards now, but what do you picture when you think of a skateboard? Black, like grippy top, wood 
board, kind of like a lip at the back, kind of a, not a point in the front, but kind of comes to a missile shape. Four wheels, like some hard rubber, clear with a checkerboard pattern on it. Uh, maybe a, a, a spray paint stencil of a naked lady with her boobies all judging out, and then two metal brackets holding the wheels underneath, and then a guy with converse and baggy pants that are kind of three quarters <laughs> length but huge flaring at the bottom like enormous you like if he jumped off a building he'd be fine because it would i think they were called parachute pants weren't they yeah because you just like you'd float down if you if you actually got your legs right and uh then just like huge shirt and hat backwards or forwards could be either way yeah usually flat brimmed right flat brim of course so the original skateboard was literally just a wood board with roller skates put on the bottom separated further apart so that they're on the ends of the board. So, so it's just like, a wooden board. So like a skateboard is now, pretty yeah. much, right? A little bit different now because they were clay wheels back then. Now they're polyurethane. Because if you think about clay... Yeah, that would break. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be not good. <laughs> it's like, oh, now you're just dragging on one side. So... Obviously, it started in 1915, and it was called Sidewalk Surfing. And it has evolved in the past 70 years, growing in popularity and fading away throughout time. It would mm -hmm. go up. In the 1960s, it became popular. In the early 90s, it was dying off again. It got brought back up after some stuff in the late 90s mm -hmm. and in the early 2000s. And it still kind of ebbs and flows throughout time. Hmm. Today, there are over 20 different types of skateboards. Um, but they're generally defined into two particular categories, which is the longboard and the shortboard. Okay. The longboard is usually um, long, as long as fifty nine inches. Huge. So you're talking like a longboard is greater than three feet. You said fifty nine inches. That's just under five feet. Yeah, that's the long longboard. But majority that you see are about like that. Is, that three is feet. my mom's exact height. So if you laid my Wait, mom, really? yeah, my mom's four <laughs> eleven, which is fifty nine inches. So if you laid, if she laid down on the ground, that's how long the longboard is. Mm -hmm. Well, that long, but I mean, like, that's uh, pretty long. That, that, that puts it in perspective. I mean, if you think about it, like you think about a surfboard, surfboards get pretty long. Mm. And so generally long boards are used more for cruising and transportation. You see like the motorized boards are more long boards than they are short boards. Mm. Short boards are more trick oriented. Yeah. They are as long as 36 inches. That's on the longest end. Mm. Um, but they're more typical and they're used in the skating competitions today. They're the ones that you do tricks on and do the half pipe. Everything in the skate park is mostly done with short boards. Okay. Because if you think about doing a board slide on a long board, it'd probably break in half and you'd rack your nuts. Board, board slide is when you're going sideways and when you're, you're grinding, grinding the on rail. the board. Yes. As I know from Tony Hawk's games, you'd. I never learned anything about skateboarding when I was playing those, but all I would know is just like, keep it going, keep it going, as many <laughs> times as you can, as many loops around it, which now I realize is such a physical impossibility. Like even Fatigue. The, yeah, even, even the idea that like it could be in a game at all is like ridiculous. So you were just like... The physics, understanding friction and everything. But what a game for the Nintendo DS. Did you play the Tony Hawk for the DS? I only played it on 64. Oh, it was incredible. It was so... Like somehow they got the isometric view right, the three-dimensionality of it on the DS with like, it just worked. I was stunned by it. I love the DS. Man, I miss the DS. Well, do you know the three parts of a skateboard? The wheels, the board, and a skater. The deck, the trucks, and the wheels. That's what I said. The deck is the wooden platform, so you got that right. Mm -hmm. The wheels, obviously, are the wheels. Um, they're usually four urethane now, but they used to be clay, like I said. And the trucks are the most complex part, and it has the mechanics that allow the skateboarder to turn and get into the air because it's the part you know the little wobbly thing it's like to, to, to turn the turn the car the little actual moves i don't know the what i'm talking like yeah this. The, why are you talking like that i know <laughs> how mechanics work i went to engineering I know school you did. I know you did. <laughs> all right so obviously skateboarding went through the ups and downs it first yeah. became popular in the 1960s um mm. when the first skateworm boom happened skateworm <laughs> I said skateboard. He said skateworm. And I said skateboard what, boom. Yeah, what, what did he say? Did he say skateworm? I think I heard skateworm. <laughs> well, during this time, manufacturers couldn't keep up with building skateboards. Mm -hmm. And skateboarders were often faced with poor technology, which okay. is the clay wheels of the early ages. Really the worst thing you could make a wheel out of. Like wood would have been so much better. But the clay. Yeah. Clay. Well, I mean, that's what they were using for roller skates at that time as well. Which is 
in like a very controlled environment on perfectly smooth wood floors, not like out on the LA on sidewalks or in pools, yeah. emptied pools. Really and... bold of them to put like such a fragile material, you know, like Thor smashing a cup on the ground, you know, a clay mug. It's not exactly. Anyway, so bad choices off the get go. Well, and then there were safety concerns, obviously, with those wheels breaking, stuff like that. But this is like before they were like, oh, elbow pads, wrist guards. They still don't do that to this day. Like, well, yeah, the, some people do. Because safety isn't cool. Having your brain inside your skull isn't cool. Having your elbows not exploded out backwards with your bones jutting through your skin isn't cool. Wow. Wow, you're right. You're right. Broken bones, scars, they get all all the popularity votes. I know. All the ladies, <laughs> all and, the ladies. and all the dudes Chicks love it. Chicks dig scars. Oh, dudes dig scars. Everybody Everyone digs scars. scars. Uh, but I do respect Tony Hawk because I know it's probably in your notes, but I'll jump ahead a little bit. He always wore pads. Yes. Always. And it was like, it was a big message to be like, it's okay to wear pads, which it absolutely is. There's nothing wrong with protecting yourself. Just because you can slam your head against the sidewalk at 30 miles an hour doesn't mean you should. Anyway, if you want to be uncool, I guess, whatever. Well, towards the end of the 1960s and stuff, because of those concerns and everything, skateboarding started to fall off again because people couldn't keep up with the demand. And so what ended up happening, and then safety concerns happened, mm. it became a problem getting access to it. The devil's in those boards. Satan is speaking to them through the wheels. Well, in the 1970s, uh, yeah. Frank Nasworthy had a vision. That's giving visions to our children. You see, I was right. So Frank was a committed surfer still in 1970, and he found himself in Washington, D.C. Mm. He was visiting a friend who lived in Virginia um, named Bill, and they were they were off on a trip. Well, Bill's friend ran a backyard shop called Creative Urethanes. And if you know, urethane is a petroleum-based product. Oh, yeah. And they came up with the idea of making... Well, he spotted that they were filled with what appeared to be roller skate wheels. Mm. And so he realized that we can take these urethane wheels mm -hmm. and put them on skateboards. Interesting. Okay. What were the urethane wheels used for prior to this? Well, it was a 55-gallon drum filled with what appeared to be roller skate wheels. Hmm. I mean, honestly, probably the roller skate industry never died, so it was probably like just another technological yeah. advancement. Because at this point in uh, at least American history, there was a big boom in terms of petroleum-based products, rubbers and plastics. Still using them. Yep. Forever. Well, forever trapped in the pollutionist era of garbage. Anyway, anyway skinny. <laughs> um, but apparently the owner had received a request from a chain of roller skate rinks called Roller Sports to make roller skate wheels that wouldn't wear out. Oh, good. Go, go. Because obviously clay chips, it falls apart and it wears yeah. out. Urethane has a longer longevity. That, that's a weird longer no, longevity. You, that, it's correct. Okay. And so magically, skateboarding More rides longevity. become smooth, stable, and quiet. Right. <laughs> More, I got trying to get through that. <laughs> Longevity or long long longevity. It's got bigger longevitudinous T necessity. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. skateboarding became had another rise. It started to boom again. And what's funny is probably the clay wheel industry probably was really pissed about this. Probably. Because it was like printer ink, I bet, because they constantly had to rotate them out. So they wanted to do anything to stop any kind of innovation. And then the the polyurethane wheels were heroes to people. The other thing is polyurethane has more absorptive properties for landing as well, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, 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 sure. But still, at the end of the decade, skate park liability problems and proliferation of BMX biking and roller skating caused another crash. By the mid-1980s, vertical skating and street skating pushed the sport to dazzling new heights. Then again, as the decade closed, again had a recession that was caught because of a surplus of products. Too much was made, and people started losing money, so then companies started dying off. Uh, I see, I see. Um, by the turn of the 1990s, the skate industry was its own worst enemy. Even Tony Hawk went out and spoke that all of his funds as a professional skateboarding were halved, and it was looking dire in the skating industry. Mm. Because, and a big part of it, is skateboarders got a bad rep for tearing up public rails, benches, and other public property and getting in the way of other pedestrians that are trying to do stuff. Uh -huh. People, you know, skateboarders are like, oh, they're criminals, they're loitering, they're destroying property, they're graffiti artists, they're... All of that was coming around. Everybody mm -hmm. views skateboarders as these terrible people. Um, and what then, are they? 
No. Were they terrible people? You would admit right here on the record, were they terrible? I think in some semblance there were bad seeds in a group, but as far as destroying property, you know, that's a conversation for another day. They were they were rebels, you know? <laughs> they were using public property for things that they weren't supposed to be used for. A handrail's supposed to be used with your hand, not a board. Satan was in those rails. Satan's in their spray cans. They're huffing their glue and huffing their paint. They're going skate crazy. Well, thanks... <laughs> Thanks to the 1990s. Ever, that's how it always go. I say something insane and he just goes, well. <laughs> I, I'm just used to you, okay? Yeah, you can laugh or something. I, I laugh internally, Mark. No, laugh <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. All right, go ahead. So by the mid-1990s, skateboarding was on another roll thanks to the advent of the X Games mm. and a change in demographics. Mm. And so they hit the mainstream. Mm. And the first was the launch of the X Games on ESPN in 1995. Mm. It was the first major event to bring together extreme sports under one roof. What year was this? 1995. Yeah, mid-90s. That, that would make sense. I didn't realize that X Games came out at that moment, though. Yeah. They also introduced new sports, like new events to competition. They introduced Skateboard Street and Skateboard Vert. Vert? Yeah. Vert? Going vertical. Vert. Big air. How? Why? Rockets? What do they do? They go down and uh, they go up. As high as they can? Pretty much. Is that it? Does they just go up? They're, How do they land? What they happens? They come back to on the half pipe, you know? What? <laughs> I thought they went down. Gravity. And I'm thinking like a ski jump. I'm thinking like. <laughs> <laughs> That's the big air event that comes a little do bit. Do they have that? Yeah. What? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's horribly dangerous when they don't have snow to land on. No, it was uh, it was maple wood. Maple wood? That's what basketball That's courts are made out of. That's a hard wood. It is. All right. Why not polyurethane? Rubbery. I mean, it was probably coated in polyurethane. Probably, but, yeah. What really brought skateboarding into the public eye, though, was um, Tony Hawk's landing of the 900 in July of 1999. July of 1999. 99 was a banger year. For skateboarding, yes. For a lot of things. Movies, banger year for movies, like incredible year for movies. I'm sure that some people had a bad time in 99, but 99 is like when at the peak of like a lot of different industries like had their heyday in 99. So I'm not surprised this happened before the turn of the millennium. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff happened at the turn of the millennium. There's a lot of innovation, a lot of different things that were happening during mm -hmm. that time. Yeah. That's when the internet and video games really started becoming a massive pop culture icon. Uh, it depends on where you are in that spectrum. But yeah, like video games were definitely rising up still in popularity and like they continued to rise up beyond that. But the internet also like adoption. But that's also uh, towards the beginning of the dot com bubble. Mm -hmm. It hadn't burst yet. It hadn't burst yet. I don't think it bursted yet. It was, oh, dot com. That, imagine like, okay, so for those of you who don't know what the dot com bubble was, I just wanted to do a real quick. Go okay, for it. Go for it. We're, we're going on a tangent. Sidebar one, the dot com bubble. You know how everyone's talking about Web3? <laughs> so the dot com bubble is a lot like that. All right. <laughs> That's, that was That's a lot faster it. than I thought it would it be. It pretty much sums up everything, you know? That was what I'm <laughs> So the crazy part about the 900, and this is something that uh, is really cool to me, is if you Google 900, mm. the first thing that pops up is Tony Hawk landing in the 900. Just the number 900. Of all the things that exist in the world, 900 is so iconic. The 900 Spartans, the 900 <laughs> Trojan horses. But you, I mean, any other number you you search, there's a million different things. I can't but when think. you search the nine, 900, what it's always Tony What other thing is 900? Yeah, but just search. I mean, not discrediting. It is yes. It's really cool that that's the first thing. However, I gotta admit, I don't think there's that many things associated with nine hundred. I mean, just search four fifty, and there's like a bunch of different things that pop up. Any well, other number has a like a well, that's, significant that's amount of other things. Four fifty. Like it makes perfect sense. All right, the new seven twenty. Seven twenty. That's these are all angles. First thing Rotation. comes up with area code. There's a nine hundred area code. Well, as if 900, like, I, listen, oh, yeah. listen, mm -hmm. it's huge. All right. <laughs> it's huge. I believe, Just, I believe, it. no, I believe it. Okay. I believe it. I believe it. So it was the, you, even I heard about it. I didn't even follow anything about skateboarding. So the crazier part is before this was landed, mm -hmm. Tony Hawk, multiple video games. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, you know, 900 Dalmatian, 909 Dalmatians, actually. <laughs> that poor dog mom, whoa, bad pregnancy. I don't even think that 
Oh God, I want to. Those nipples are engorged. Like the reality of 101 Dalmatians is terrifying when well, you the really thing think is, about it. If you think about it, they're not all birthed from the same mother. In the movie, they were. No, they are not. What? They are not. What do you mean? It starts off with her litter and then all of the ones that were being captured by Cruella DeVille that then they come back and they adopt all of the ones that were not birthed by that mother to come to their house. What movie did you watch? 101 Dalmatians. She did not birth all 101. The cartoon? <laughs> the cartoon. What? No, I remember the guy no. was in the basement. He'd be like, oh, we got more puppies. It's a 90 or a 99. Oh my God. 101. And then one of them wasn't breathing. So he, he was, oh, come on. And then it breathed. It broke. Is that really what happened? Am I confusing it with like, the live action? Isn't that what happened? There, it's not like there were a bunch of dog moms in the basement and the rest I'm of pretty them sure, died. I'm pretty sure that's not what happened. I think she had like 15 or something. No! In the original like cartoon, because it's still in the world of fantasy, didn't, no. didn't the one dog mom have 101 no. puppies? No. I, I imagine in the live action, which I haven't seen. No. Am I crazy? There's no way. I know there's no, no way. That is I'm not, aware that there's no That is not no what way. happened in the animation. That is not what happened in the animation. Tyler is right. I don't think he is. I think it was that one. Where did no. the other ones come from? They were all captured when they captured her puppies. They but all the came beginning there. didn't even have Cruella in the Yes, it in did. The picture. In the beginning of the animation, the cartoon, the night, the the eighties or seventies or whatever it Cruella was, Cruella was definitely ve it was very early on. The puppies were at the beginning of the movie. No, Cruella wasn't even there. No, the, Cruella was introduced, and then the puppies were birthed. The birthing happens later. No. <laughs> yes. No. We're gonna watch this movie now. I don't want to watch it. So I don't care about the movie, but this we'll is what I remember. Fact check us and tell us who's right, and insert it in your robot we'll voice. Don't do that. You have more important things. <laughs> to do. <laughs> no. Anyway, getting back to skateboarding. Uh, then why the was 101 it a, Dalmatians did not skateboard. Why? Because there were 101 at the end of the movie. No, there were 101 at the beginning. I no, remember. No, there were not. He gave CPR to no, the that was, that was like the 15th one. No, it was, it was the runs of the litter. No. And they named him Lucky. I will never believe you. No one could ever prove me wrong. No one ever could, and no one ever will. I want people to take this as far as they want. I will defend this until the day I die. That's how that movie started. That's how it was. It all came from what I knew it was crazy when I saw it, but that means that I knew what I saw. No, Mark, I'm sorry, but you were wrong. <sighs> There's no way. It's impossible. Do a poll. <laughs> do, a, do a poll. Do a poll. I know my childhood because I only Man. had I only had so many VHSs. What? Every single VHS I watched so many times. I know. I know it to be true. I know it to be true. No, it's true. 101. 101. 101. 101. Did one dog birth all 101 Dalmatians? Ah, uh, yes, 100%. I see it. It's right there. I'm taking this. It's gone. <laughs> Yes. See? Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. No is already Yes. No. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's true. It's true. I don't even need to look at the results. I can feel the yes. Yeah. I, I'm going to call Amy right now. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> call Amy right no, now. No, 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 no. We. It's fine. All right. We got skateboarding to talk about. All right. Back to skateboarding. So it was the launch of the X Games in 1995, but what really brought skateboarding in the public eye was landing the 900 in July of 1999. Right. The most interesting part about this is the fact that there were numerous video games trying to capture the popularity of skateboarding at this time, but none of them could. There were a lot of difficulties breaking into the extreme sports industry. And before this happened, Tony Hawk was already in conversations for creating Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, the very first one. Are you still? Are you still? I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And it was during the best trick event where they're timed. I think it was like they have 20 minutes to land the best trick possible. Oh, this is about the 900, right? Yes. Just to catch people. This is back the 900. Up. For those, I don't know who jumps into the middle of a podcast episode. I don't know what kind of like psychopath starts a podcast and goes to, I'm going to listen to the middle and then the beginning. But yes, we're talking about skating and Tony Hawk landing the 900. Okay. And so it was during the best trick event at the July of 1999 X Games. The world paused. It got to a point to where they forgot it was a competition. All the skateboarders, everybody just watched Tony Hawk try again and again and again. Failure 
after failure after failure to land this trick. And then he finally did. Everybody forgot about the competition. Everybody forgot about the time limit. It was just, he's going to do it. He's going to land a trick nobody has ever landed before. Something that was unexpected and unparalleled to anything in skateboarding at this time. They paused and they watched as he tried and finally landed it and just was celebrated immensely. How impossible was this, like, leading up to this? Because obviously skating has been around for a very long time. And I actually know for a fact that someone landed a 1080. Yes. However, that wasn't nearly the same level of hype as Tony Hawk's 900. Is it because Tony Hawk already had, like, a legendary status? He had games, like... The games weren't out yet. They weren't even out? No. The first game wasn't... Nope. Really? Yeah. Then this is what got him his fame. Yes, in a large degree. And this is this days. is the thing that made Tony Hawk become a household name. Yeah, a legend. A legend. That's kind of crazy. Okay. 900. Oh, for those of you who don't know, I forgot we need to break down sports into this individual level. For those who don't know, a 900 in skateboarding. Every time they'd go up on the half pipe and they rotate their board, think of a circle going 180 degrees, 360 degrees, 420 degrees, 720 degrees, and then 900. That's Two, two and a half rotations. Two and a half rotations of your board and then landing. So you well, to- and that's that's the crazy part is because there's a half rotation, mm-hmm. like you're landing the opposite direction that you went off on. Ah, uh, yeah. So you have to figure out where you are in the air and line your wheels up perfectly so that it comes down flat and hits the half pipe, right? That's how hard mm-hmm. the trick is. Yeah, and so the the speed that you needed, the height, the amount of rotation you had to throw yourself into while keeping the skateboard on your feet, mind you. Yeah. Like, and it's it's dangerous. Yeah. Because you're, you're getting high in the air. You need to have the time. You need to have the speed. You need everything to work. So, like, he fell numerous times trying to land this before. Good thing he had his pads. He did. Yeah, Very he padded, had his helmet, pads. everything. Mm-hmm. There, I've watched a video on it, and it was just, like, it was like the whole skateboarding world stood still. Uh-huh. Like, the X Games paused for him to be able to do this. This is a massive event. This is a competition. And everybody is just watching for him yeah. to achieve something nobody has ever achieved before. Yeah. And when he landed it, it just erupted. It became national news. He went on tours. He was on late night shows. He was all over the place. And it led up to the perfect storm of when his game released. Oh, yeah. In September of that year. Ah, interesting. So it had already been in development, probably. Correct. Ah. Um, He had already been in touch with them. And the thing about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater that no other skateboarding game did was the scoring system that they showed you on the live screen. Mm. And that's what made that skateboarding game. It was like you could see what you were doing, whereas other games you would do stuff because competitions were all based on judges. Yeah. So you complete the trick and stuff like that, and you're rated based on your landing, what, what trick you did, the difficulty of that, much like gymnastics. It's a judge sport. And so in other games, they didn't really have a point system. And so the way they made it so that it was a score-based system, which I think was innovative as heck, and if we could implement into the real world in these various sports, it would be perfect. Maybe now with technology, how it's advancing, that could be possible, but at that time, it was unheard of for a sports game to have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a world where tech gets good enough so that it can uh, can be that kind of judgment because with like certain computer systems and like motion tracking and like knowing positional limbs, they probably could figure out like, okay, that the camera's looking that and it, it measures what the trick was, how accurate to the like the nth degree of accuracy. It has a point system based on like that trick is worth this point if perfectly done, but it'll never be perfect, you know, so it'll be subtracted and then added up. And then when they're done, they look at the big board and they're like the computer's crunching and then ba ba it would be very fair. Yeah. Maybe unless someone tampers with the computer. But but before this time, like Tony Hawk was making half of what he was from his sponsors. A lot of stuff was falling down. This made skateboarding explode. Ah, I got you. The national attention for landing the trick, um, mm-hmm. the interviews, then the game. Someone just asked, a lot of people are asking, what act is this? And I knew it. I knew people liked the act system. This I is knew. still act one. This is still act one, everybody. This is still the you history didn't say of act one in the beginning, but it's act one. Well, we've had a lot of tangents that are going to be cut up. Oh, no, no. Look at the poll. It's starting to, I'm starting to be right. I'm almost right. I'm almost right. Anyway, the game exploded in popularity to the point to where Tony Hawk became in every household across the world. Mm. Tony Hawk Pro Skater sold huge numbers and went on to become the most iconic video game for skateboarding 
of all time. Um, it's the only one I think that came out that had multiple iterations until like Skate came out more recently. Mm -hmm. But multiple sequels followed, had a classic soundtrack, which was a lot of that punk rock at the time, which was very popular, um, and it helped propel the sport to new heights. The final big thing that really pushed skateboarding over the edge was YouTube. YouTube and people being able to film their own content, cameras on phones, everything like that became cheaper and easier to use. Internet speeds were better so much that people were streaming and sharing their own content of doing skateboarding videos and tricks and above and beyond. Act two. Okay, wait, okay. Let's okay. pause for a second there because there was a lot of information that covered a lot of different things. Skating was actually our one of the most robust act ones than any other sport we have ever covered, which is fascinating considering there's Probably a lot more history. However, it is kind of one of those things where skating is new enough that its history was televised. Yes. Even though nowadays being televised doesn't mean the same thing it did with the advent of the internet mm -hmm. um, and uh, us growing up even. Like, I, I don't remember the last time I had cable. Um, well, there's just a lot more information out there because a lot more people were paying mm -hmm. attention and tracking. Yeah, but this was like one of the things that really caught nationwide yeah. Uh, one of many things, of course, but it caught nationwide and then started to explode. And so its history can be traced and it was filmed and you can watch footage of it and you can see archival history of it. Whereas probably in, in the history of tennis, there also was like just as much turmoil in its beginnings and weird decisions, but it's just not documented as well. Yeah, but, because it wasn't considered a big part of world society in the way that new sports are nowadays because of how much more widespread all of the like content and stuff is. Yeah. So, anyway, act two. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Act two, competitions. Okay. So we talked about the history. The first skate contest took place in 1973 in Hermosa Beach, California. Mm -hmm. okay. um, it was sponsored by Makana and held at the Pier Avenue Junior High School. Junior High School. Oh. And in 1982 was when Tony Hawk won his first skateboard contest, and it was at the Del Mar Skate Ranch. Okay. So these competitions grew and grew over time as skateboard became more popular. There are two distinct styles for skateboarding. Park skateboarding, which is what involves riding bowls and transitions and doing some vert, kind of like what you see at skate parks. Mm. It's park skating. Um, and they gain enough momentum to kind of do airs and grinds and all of those things. Street skateboarding involves more of the natural environment where you have like handrails, tricks over stairs, ledges, staircases, benches, other just naturally found obstacles. So parks, obviously designed for skateboarding. Street, random everyday stuff where and the majority so of people street go. street is what people probably had more of a problem with. Correct. Considering, like, it is a douchey move to skate and weave through people walking. Like, if you're doing tricks around people where you're falling could trip someone and knock someone over, that is a dick move. Like, and, no matter who you are. Yep. And you yeah. see both of those styles in Tony Hawk Pro Skater. The original one. Uh, okay. They both did street stuff where they had actual NPC pedestrians that could get in your way. And they had the park one, which was like your very first level was inside a warehouse that was literally a skate park. Mm -hmm. it had the half pipe. It had all of those things in cool. it. Cool. So the biggest difference between the skate park and the street competition is what I described. But the X Games also introduced two more categories of competition with vert and big air. Vert becoming basically your half pipe. Mm -hmm. Everything's just half pipe. Okay. Big Air is a massive roll where you go down and launch yourself from a kicker, which is a, a ramp that launches you like forward. It's kind of like ski jump. Right. I would say like a kicker as in there's two spinning <laughs> wheels 
around on the side. And you like, like fall guys. Yeah, you, and you get your skate in there, and it catches on the wheels like like actually like Hot Wheels. You know how Hot Wheels cars go, and then you like that, and then you go flying through the air. But that's not how it is. You're saying no. Well, then I don't want to be a part of it. Also, you know, I, I just got to say the truth is finally coming out in the poll. The yes is is bringing about to light the honest to God truth that people are trying to cover up. People like Tyler are trying to cover up the truth. And I'm not about that. I am here as a proponent and a champion of the fact, the fact, the indisputable fact that 101 Dalmatians did emerge. 101 Dalmatians did, in fact, emerge. No. Oh, look at this no over here. No, anyway. the, this is this is a matter of your influence and popularity. People like you more than they like me. Let's no! be real. What? Ask anybody. They hate me, right? No, you guys, no, no. you saw. I'm so unbelievably Mark. How awesome. How often do you get asked? When are you going to game with Tyler? When are you going to game with Ethan or Wade or Bob? All the time. All the time. Or never, because they don't like me. <laughs> For a point proven, check and mate. Why was it Markiplier and friends? <laughs> it was never Markiplier and friends. It was never Markiplier and friends. That was, that's made up. You're making no, up misery. That literally was the panel. The first panel you did. With, with oh, well, that's true. Well, it should have been. It was and friend is what it should have been. Oh. So it was a lie from the get go because it was only one person there. But the tour was, people think that the tour was Markiplier and friends. You're welcome. To it. That's Wait, not what it was. It was Markiplier's. You're welcome. Yes, because it was my tour <laughs> that you brought us on. Yes. The friend. <laughs> Really, what it should have been was Dan's "You're Welcome" tour. Cause yeah, absolutely, <laughs> that's what it should have been. Anyway, all right. So back to skating. So the, all right, yeah. So here are the rules of the park competition. Okay, it consists of skateboarders competing in hollowed out bowls with complicated turns and curves. Judges score each run on a basis of zero to a hundred. The highest and lowest scores of a run will be dropped, and the three remaining scores are averaged to calculate the run's final score. Okay. And each skater's highest scoring run will count as they qualifying score. So whatever has the highest average, that's their score. So you get multiple runs. Whatever is your best run gets point gotcha. into the competition. Okay. Each round consists of two to four runs of 40 to 50 seconds. They can do any trick that they want on the park features that are there. They all have the same starting point. So they can do air outs, which is doing aerial jumps where they're going over something. Um, grinds, stalls, which is where you stop at the top of a ledge of a uh, like a half pipe or a ramp, and then flip tricks along the bowls to score during the kick runs. flip. That is a type of trick. That is, uh, I believe, in a flip trick. It's in the name. Yeah. Degree of difficulty and originality are taken into account when scoring the, the borders runs mm -hmm. because they rate much like everything else. There's a degree of difficulty to every trick. You know, like a, a heel flip versus a kick flip. One of them's harder than the other. I don't know which because I wasn't a skateboarder. How do you get to a competition? How do you st baby me? Baby how do, me how has do you get to a competition? Yeah, baby me has a skateboard. I was gifted a skateboard. My first year of birth is Christmas. That was a weird way to say it. <laughs> my first Christmas, I got a skateboard. Tony Hawk is like my hero. I want to become a skateboarder like him. I walk out onto the street where skateboarders are zipping by, doing tricks and kickflips and tumbling all over the place. And then how do I even get started? Well, you get started generally with these type of sports. The community is actually really supportive and they work together to help each other, push each other to do greater heights and doing tricks. Okay. So usually you make friends with skateboarders at the park and they'll work with each other to teach each other new tricks, new things. Are you telling me like that, that if if people were skating at a skate park and they saw a baby walk in with a skateboard? Well, there were other babies they there. They would be hype about There's other babies. There's there. other babies I there. I go to the baby skate park, <laughs> you know, baby for babies park. with yeah. the baby cages and all the, the mats and all the pipes and stuff and the whatnot. But okay, so it's a it's an accepting sport where people want Correct. people to come in and, and basically- Especially in the early ages, like that's how these sports develop is it's, there's a community that aspect to it. Yeah, and and what I would say about like the skate park in general is it can seem intimidating, but now that I'm thinking about it, I see all ages all the time in a skate park from like older skaters to like kids skating. There's sometimes BMX bikes that go through. There are scooters. I don't know if they're cool with that. I don't know what's okay, but yeah, yeah, there's all kinds of different things being uh ridden in there. Yeah. And today's day and age, the other thing too is there's a ton of YouTube content for you to consume that'll teach you how to do tricks. Mm -hmm. And so that's an easy access point now as well. And so in order to get to a competition, obviously you make a name for yourself or 
you just apply to a competition. More often than not, the most televised competitions, there's usually local competitions that you can get into. Like people have their own little different regionals and stuff like that, that you can just go to and be like, oh, I feel like I'm ready to do this. But usually what ends up happening in a lot of cases is to get into the bigger ones, you have sponsors and you have made a name for yourself. And a lot of the ways that people do that nowadays is from their YouTube content. Cool. So it literally is kind of like where football or basketball or any other sport, there would be scouts looking for people. Are there scouts in this aspect? I would imagine down people? so. Okay. I would imagine so. But there's not teams or anything. There are sponsors, but usually they're, like a, they're usually like sponsors tend to build teams, but they're not like teams. Okay. You know, because it's like your team Red Bull. Like, um, oh, I see. Formula I see, I see. One. There's multiple yeah, yeah. drivers that are on team Red Bull. Are but, there? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, when we do the Formula One primer, we'll talk about that. Yeah, but a lot of times sponsors sponsor multiple athletes. It's the same thing. They do the same thing in snowboarding and skiing and stuff like that to where the athletes tend to have used the same facilities because the sponsor, whoever does that, pays for all of that. Mm -hmm. So they end up working together to push each other to new heights. Okay, gotcha. Understood. understood. Um, okay. So that's how you can get in. Scouts will find you. Uh, YouTube is the best way to kind of get their attention, but also like people go to skate parks. People talk. Word of mouth was the biggest way to become a name in skateboarding in the early days. Gotcha. Okay. And so to get to those competitions, then there's that. The sponsors usually cover the fees, and then there's a prize at the end, a cash prize. Understood. So generally, there's multiple rounds in skateboarding. Top eight overall skaters are taken out of the first round, um, regardless of their group, and then they advance to the final round. Scores don't carry over, and they have to do basically a run again and try and win. Okay. Tiebreakers is with a skater with the highest score for their second best run becomes the winner. So, so they then, just go again. No, because then they just look at their other runs. So having the, the best runs overall and having the highest score, because if you tie somebody, they have the exact same score, they look at your next best run that was oh, already scored. Oh, because it, it's better to have consistently high Correct. scores than, say, one massive one score massive and score. a bunch okay. of fails. That, that does seem kind of fair. Yeah. I'm sure some people could be pissed off about that, but they're probably assholes. Or they have, were right, and I don't know. So street competition is a little bit different. Four rounds, 45 to 60 second runs, two to three runs per skater, except for the final round, they usually only get one. Okay. Best trick format is used in the final rounds. So they just have five chances to land their best trick at the end of street competition. Okay. And they usually pick one obstacle. I think I was watching a competition recently where the obstacle was literally a staircase. So you had a rail you could grind on or you could go across the staircase. And so then it's just whoever lands the best trick in the finals. Okay. The early ones are, all of them are still scored on zero to 10 instead of zero to 100 this time. Is there going to be a test on all this? Because this is so many numbers. It's so much information. It's so many judgings. I, uh, I literally couldn't recite a single one of you. No, you're and fine. I, this is to have people understand competition so that when they watch, okay, okay, so you okay. can listen through. All right, gotcha, gotcha. I'm, if you want, I can make a test. I don't you. want a test. Okay. I would rather not have a test. And it's the same thing. The judges drop the lowest and highest score okay, and take gotcha, the average. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So that's how that works. Okay, gotcha. Understood. So it's similar, but a little bit different, especially when you get into the final, because then it becomes best trick. Okay. Vert is they have the half pipe and they have, I think there's a limit of how many different switches they do. The X game rules are like have changed so much over the years that trying to find them. Um, but it's the idea of vert is you pull off tricks, both old and new on the half pipe that push gravity to its limits. It's literally just the half pipe. Mm -hmm. Big air is one trick. You launch, you do whatever trick you can and then land. And mm -hmm. you're talking about, it's like a ski jump. <laughs> oh, it is a ski jump. It's like it. It's not quite as big, but the design is very similar to a ski jump in the sense of you launch, you do a trick, and you land. I and mean, that seems it. pretty cool, but I think I have seen videos of people not landing. Yes. I'm pretty sure not landing happens more than landing. Yes. Probably. So very scary. How do you even get started in that? Because the videos I've seen, there is a gap in between it, right? Mm-hmm. There's not exactly cushions in the gap, and the raised platform to land on, usually like the front of it, is like a wall. How does baby me get there? I mean, it's just practice. I guess you just... <laughs> when I was growing up, my brother and I built a ramp for us to skateboard off of. Oh! Like, just... Oh, let's put this board on top of this these bricks. Oh, oh, I thought you <laughs> built a half pipe. Yeah, no. I've, I, even I've done the thing where you, I think every kid has like put a board on some cinder blocks and ran your bike off that or something. Except when I did it, the board snapped right in half. <laughs> and then I went right into the cinder blocks. So that was not that good. Yeah. Yeah. So now is going to be the fun part. Act three. Act three. Act three. The tricks. The tricks. Okay. I am sending you... Oh, the document that has my notes on it. Uh huh. At the bottom, 
you'll find Act 3 tricks. All right, so I'm looking at the Google Doc that Tyler's made in all of his research for skateboarding. Scroll down to, it's going to be V, Act 3 tricks. Goodness, there's so much here. Why is Act 2 number 4, Act 3 tricks? Okay, am I reading this? So I'm going to lead into this, but some of the links, like the kick turn and stuff, there are videos I want you to watch. Okay. All right. So there are literally thousands and thousands of possible tricks that can happen in skateboarding. Obviously, rotations, flips, all of these different things, flipping the board, grinding on the board, like options are enormous. Your general beginner tricks you start out learning is basically the switch, which is just switching your dominant foot that stays on the board and what you push with. Drop-ins, which is how you start on the edge of like a pool or a bowl or a ramp and you drop in. You just kind of fall in and skate up and down the half pipe. Mm. Manuals is where you're balancing on the front or the back wheels of your skateboard. And it's usually used as a good point of balance, but oftentimes it's to add an element to a trick to where you land in a manual, which is very difficult to do. You land on the back or front two wheels? And just stay on them. You land and balance it. I've seen it a few different times. Um, it's kind of how in, uh, if you did Tony Hawk Pro Skater, how you'd link tricks together going from the half pipe to like the rail or a different wall, you would manual. A kick turn is a way of turning the board quickly by bringing your front wheels up and turning the board. I'm watching it. Yeah. You'll see it kind of just like flips it. How to turn quickly the kick turn. Okay. And he's skating along. He's skating along. He's lifting the skateboard up onto the back wheels to rotate the skateboard. Okay, that doesn't seem too terrible. Can yeah, you these are the just, beginner can you, things. Can you not just lean back and get it to glide or something like that? I mean, there's different ways of doing it. I imagine some people do that, but the the kick turn, the way it's designed, is to make okay. it a lot easier. I, I couldn't quicker. do this even if you ask. If you put a skateboard in front of me and oh, like, I can't do it either. I can't. I couldn't do this. Like in, in like an hour of practice, I'm sure I could, but like I can't do that right now. Yeah. Okay, but okay, be, beginner that does seem beginner. All right, gotcha. And then the last thing is the basic ollie, which is your jump. Jump which is jumping. You're not leaving the skateboard. Your feet stay on the skateboard. Your skateboard and you are leaving the ground. See, I've never understood this physically, how this works, because it doesn't make sense. That's why the, the skateboard has the ridges on the edge and at the same time why it has grip and why you wear skateboarding shoes. See, it's to me, it just like doesn't matter. It's not like you're gripping your toes into the board and you're just like lifting it up as you jump. If I had claw feet, like vulture bird feet, this would be no problem. But I don't see how just by doing this, you can make the board go up as well. You know, because I know I've seen videos of how this is done. It's like you kick back and then you kick scoop, forward. Yeah. yeah, you scoop up with it. I'm like, it doesn't make sense. It shouldn't work, right? This this doesn't make any sense. And yet people do it all the time and I don't get it. How do I like it? This is why I'm not a skater. So now from the Ollie, mm. Because then you, then there's the 180 where you ollie and then you spin halfway through and you land the opposite direction. But then we get into intermediate tricks. Yeah. Intermediate tricks. Uh, they're more precise and technical to be able to do. And they involve generally the smallest shift in your feet positioning, how you jump, how you twist, stuff like that. But you have your kick flip. I'm watching it. So there's a video and it, again, doesn't make any sense <laughs> at all. Because physically, how does this work? You describe what you're seeing. Okay, so I'm seeing it's called how to kickflip the easiest way tutorial. So you you got to do essentially probably an ollie, which again doesn't make a lot of sense. But as you're ollieing, the board rotates in the you air. You kick it forward. You kick it forward, and it goes. So it rotates towards your toes. Towards your toes, towards the tootsies, and then you land back on it. So you've got to rotate it just enough that it goes 360 so the board lands back up. Because if you do it upside downy, that's you're going to have a frowny. Remember, if your kickflip go upside downy, you get a frowny. Uh, because those trucks are going right up your ass. And then you can't land. Or you break your board. So b basically, it's impossible. Never try it because it is an exercise in futility. It doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a kickflip. No such thing as a no, kickflip. No. You're a liar. Now look at the heel flip, because that's actually more difficult than a kickflip. It's impossible. It's like what's more difficult than zero? 
rotates the opposite direction. Think about how your legs work and how much more difficult it is to try and flip something that direction. I never think about how my legs work and how That's dare right. you ask me to. That's right. Your legs work differently than everybody else, as seen in the, the video we have. To, to me, this is a non-conversation because it's just as impossible as the other way. Like, there's still no way that this has ever actually happened. This is a great graphical simulation. The 3D, uh, like, fidelity of this is incredible. But it's impossible. There's no way. It can't be done. Skateboarding is a myth. After that, we get into grinding, oh, which is where no. you're going to be balancing your board on a rail, the side of a vert, or the side of a pool or bowl, oh, um, and moving along. And grinding originated in the 1970s and was the immediate cause of the major downfall due to the damage it caused to property. But that requires a different kind of balance because you're jumping. You have to ollie a lot of times onto. The, the easiest way to grind is an ollie onto something, uh -huh. landing on it, balancing, ollieing back off and landing. So you have to ollie off of the rail? You don't just wait for it to end? Sometimes you can, but a lot of times the way in a park rail, sure. Street rail, your wheels are going to catch something. This is how I know it's all fake because you ollie off the ground because the wheels are on the ground and some magic happens there. But when you're on a surface, you're on not you're not on your wheels. The wheels aren't touching anything but air. You can't put jump off of air. It's all a lie. <laughs> Open your <laughs> no, eyes. They're they're on an object. It's just not oh. necessarily on the wheels. Sometimes oh. it's the board. Sometimes it's the no. the trucks. It's impossible. It's impossible. Now you want to see impossible. Now we're into the challenging trick. There's literally a trick here called the impossible. Yes. <laughs> Okay, but we gotta get to whatever laser flip is Laser first. flip is one of the hardest flat ground tricks to master. It involves a flip uh, to a front side 360 shove it with a heel flip. Pause. Say that again. A laser flip is a front side 360 shove it with a heel flip. What's a shove? It's a different skateboarding trick. I can't go through every single trick. Oh. Watch the laser flip. But it also can be done as a 360 varial heel flip. Okay, I'm watching a video. He's skating along slow motion. He gets on the board, and then he's got his foot on the back thing, and then he kicks, doesn't... So I, I had an aneurysm when I was watching that. Yeah. <laughs> he kicks it up, and then... Mm. All right, let me watch it one more time. He, okay, he kicks it. I'm going to pause it as I watch you. Okay, he kicks it up. Okay, Ollie, I got this. I understand it this. Spins. If it spins. Oh, I got it. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, oh, oh. okay, he kicks it. Ollie, and then he's starting the board to go, like, rotational this way. Yep. See, this is where my brain loses it. The wheels are now up. So it's not only spinning this way, it's spinning this way. Yeah, so it's spinning around in 360s. It does 360 degrees this way and then and 360 degrees this way. In the direction of a heel flip. In the direction of a heel flip, which apparently, rumor has it, is harder than a kick flip. It is. And then he lands it. Easy. Couldn't be simpler. <laughs> so that's a laser flip. All right. The crazy part to me is how high these guys can get off the ground. Yeah. Because they're not only lifting the skateboard well, off the ground, but then they're getting their feet off of the skateboard. Well, it's because they're on wires and they're being pulled up into the air. That's Obviously, not what's they happening. can go as high as they want to go. <laughs> but for realism's sake, they only go a few feet off the ground, clearly. All right. I want you to see the impossible. Yeah, okay. Well, at least you're showing your hand here and telling me that it's actually impossible, which understands. Okay, so he's skating along. He's doing some semblance of an ollie. Oh, I was going to give you some context for that. All right, I'll stop. I paused. A trick that was created by Rodney Mullen that won him the championship countless times uh, consists of wrapping the board around your back foot. So you're literally like spinning the board with your back foot as you're doing the trick. All right, let's see if he's right. He does an ollie, okay, and it's doing some kind of a head over heels spin. The board's upside down now. He's at least three feet off the ground. It looks like a laser flip. Laser flip's different. It looks... If look at him again because the laser flip it spins over itself. This one does not. This one actually is Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I get it. Okay. So, you know how a laser flip it went like this and then it rotated hot dog length like that? The board is he's riding along the board like this. He goes up in the air. He levitates. He just goes straight up and the board does one of these and comes 360 that way, which is not the way it's gone the other way. It, it's yeah, the it, longest possible axis of rotation that that board could do. Well, it's also not spinning over. It's flipping Backwards. 180 and then back the same direction. Yeah, so clearly computer-generated <laughs> imagery here. There was a weather balloon that reflected a light off of Venus and Mercury and hit some swamp gas, and that's what led to the explosion. And... Uh, <sighs> 
And then you have Tony Hawk's 900. Now that makes sense. A lot of speed. Skater rotates a full two and a half rotations midair before landing. Uh-huh. And that's the most iconic trick, which is why we end on that. Tony Hawk made a massive name for himself with that trick. Then the video game came out. The greatest boom in skateboarding history was because of the 900. And in a lot of cases, a lot of people say the 900 saved skateboarding as a whole, as a sport, to maintain its existence and continue on to be popular to this day. I mean, it's pretty dope. He goes and spins two and a half times and then lands on the board again. And that's definitely Tony Hawk there. I think. I think that's... I haven't actually looked at this particular it, Yes, link. of course it's Tony Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Tony Hawk. I'm just making a goof, man. You're making, okay. I was like, that has to be, because it's the one. <laughs> it's the actual one at the X Games. And see, see, he doesn't know what the truth really is. He's starting to question. And I made... I built this, like, a while ago. This is a very comprehensive document. It's good to have a behind the scenes. It's five pages of pure notes with links and everything. It's great. It's it's fantastic. Even more detailed. You do a good job on these primers, man. If only uh, hockey had the same. <laughs> Shut up. Hockey, I, like, I had three notes. It's okay. It's okay. I understand. And, and it's okay that you're wrong about the 101 Dalmatians coming. No. From Look at the poll. Is. The it, poll is a liar. The they po- love you, you and they mean? will do what anything do you, you say. What do you mean? You have this audience eating out of the palm of your hand no, even with your lies you calling them a bunch of sheeple how dare you no i don't skate my brother did i was never good at skateboarding yeah and i don't skate either me so. and having like i was good at skiing but me and doing i have this innate fear of doing things like this I'd rather do stuff where it's like, oh, I might die than, oh, I might break my leg, That's which right. makes no freaking sense. No, but, it makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. I get it. You know. Well, anyway, is that all for skating for That's today? The all for, that's all for skateboarding. That was quite a comprehensive episode, and we were very thorough, didn't go on any tangents, uh, and uh, everyone now is more well-versed in the area of skateboarding, and even though right now it might be in a little bit of a lull, I think there will always be a audience and a passionate group of people that want to skateboard every day of their lives yeah the whole point of this was it's one of those things that people don't necessarily give skateboarding as much credit for the insane athleticism it requires oh god yeah and like physics defying type stunts and tricks yeah i literally i i've been trying to learn how to ride my electric unicycle for a while i spent an hour trying to get on there just get on there and balance and move a little bit forward by the end of that i was so incredibly out of breath i thought i was going to pass out it was also a very hot day but literally just like sweating and gasping for air i was it was that much muscle just to try to balance on it it's a doozy it's one of them doozies yeah, yeah, and to think about all the advancements, like the early skateboarders with their clay wheels doing tricks and stuff without pads, and then how far we've come to this day with us going like the big air event, doing hundreds of feet in the air, and then landing a trick. It's insane. pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Well, if you guys want to skateboard, now you are armed with knowledge to go on your journey. There's plenty of resources out there. And and remember, like back in the 90s, there wasn't YouTube, so people couldn't look up how to do tricks. You had to ask that yeah. dude at the skate park how the hell you did that trick. So the resources out there are better than ever and sports are more accessible than ever. And also maybe in the future, if you guys want, and this podcast gets big enough, maybe even Tony Hawk would grace us with his presence on this podcast to talk about skateboarding in general. If you would like to see that happen, be sure to download these episodes, follow it wherever you're listening to subscribe to the YouTube channel and generally show your support and share the love of go. My favorite sports team to your favorite non-sport or sport loving people, because it is for everyone. I'm the non-sport guy. I'm the sport guy. And this is Ben Go <laughs> We Audi, baby. Hit the outro music. No, but this is really fun. And really, um, that's our goal in general is we'd love to be able to get big enough to where we have really cool guests and we can dive into like what went through their mind when they did cool stuff, how they became the icon or or their story in a lot of sense. And also ask them more intricacies. Maybe they'll teach us how to do something. Who knows? Maybe we shall see. Only one way to find out. That's all on you at this point. It really is. <laughs> it's on to us making good content, I think. No, no. It's on them for supporting our good content. Oh, right. Of course. It's a hand-in-hand endeavor. There's no better mouth than word of mouth. So get those mouths out there. That's a little weird. It's a lot of weird, actually. But that's okay. We are all going to embrace it. Share the love. Okay. Bye. <laughs>